0: Welcome to the Elite HRV Podcast, where experts share their experience using heart rate variability and other biomarkers to optimize health and human performance.
1: Episode 1, Greg Elliott joins us to kick this season off. Greg is a clinical exercise physiologist and kinesiologist out of Vancouver, Canada. As you'll see, he works in a really unique environment with many other professionals that cover the holistic picture of health and performance. Um, his company, G Tech Health and Performance, primarily consults with and works out of the Copeman Health Center and Fit to Train there in Vancouver. And they tackle nutrition, movement, exercise physiology, physical rehab, traditional medical, they have traditional medical doctors, they do osteopathy, uh, a wide range of services uh, under one roof. And as Greg puts it, they measure everything from functional movement screening and SFMA, to blood testing, to heart rate variability, to family history and emotional and subjective measures. They, They actually measure a wide variety of things. And clients include everyone from folks with a manual labor background to lawyers and pro athletes like the Vancouver Canucks and B.C. Lions. Uh, And some of the topics that we're about to discuss are how heart rate variability evolved from fitness to health and how it has helped some of the people that he knows predict sickness as well as how to integrate it into a holistic health practice Um, Greg has a thing that he calls the HRV checklist, which a lot of people have been really interested in learning about. It basically helps you identify what areas you can target to improve HRV and health. Uh, We talk pain and motor learning, uh, predicting recovery time, how mindset can impact a spinal injury recovery and heart rate variability, of course and how hrv could be used as an emotional map for anxiety and depression all sorts of subjects and as you'll see greg is very energetic and isn't afraid to try new things and he also really just digs in so here we go without further ado uh greg welcome to the show
0: perfect uh thanks jason yeah thanks for having me on um we've had some good conversations in the past uh, in the last few months and uh it's great that we have an opportunity to you know get a bunch of professionals together to to bring new lights and various different ways we can use uh, heart rate variability so no this is awesome
1: so how did you end up kind of going down this path of tracking heart rate variability and, and other metrics like what kind of led you to start doing that
0: yeah so I'll kind of go with the backstory, and, and uh, so I graduated about two and a half years ago, uh, and when I came back, I uh, was in discussions with uh, a couple of companies to work as an exercise physiologist. and And my job mainly was to research and, and find what's out there in regards to the metrics and what we need to measure and what's important, and and how to measure it and write it down, and make it presentable to somebody. So as I was reaching everything, uh, researching everything, like we you know the you know VO two max, we know the you know biological impedance devices for body fat you know all these all these uh, metrics but the one that i never heard of before which uh, a couple of companies uh, were were dealing with was Harvey variability now they had a uh, they did it well exercising uh, mm-hmm. which obviously is is was something that people did and and now as, as we see research is more of a novelty than anything it still needs to be more understanding if that's going to be useful or not right but as we know, the resting daily measurements is, is way more uh, of, of how we use it and, and way more reliable from from a monitoring standpoint. When researching more and more, I started contacting pretty much any individual that I I possibly could that had any knowledge of, of hybrid variability from Daniel Clues down in, in New Zealand, um, from um, uh, Andrew Flats that's doing all the stuff with hrbtraining.com and Joel Jamison uh, from BioForce and and all the guys that I lead and talking to them and just kind of understanding, okay, well, you know, why are you doing this? Well, what measurements are we using? And going through everything that I possibly can to, to make the best decision. And started um, doing daily monitoring uh, with people just to see what it is. Because, you know, as much as you understand a theory until you actually apply it, you don't really understand the powerful, you know, what it what it really is. Right. So, I got a few devices and, and I put my friends on it. I'm like, let's just try. I put myself on it. I put you know five other people on it. I said, let's just monitor and see what happens, right? Because I have no idea. To me, in the very beginning, I was like, oh great, I know what days I can lift heavy and what days I can't lift heavy. Like that was my basic understanding, you know, uh, of what it really meant. So, and I think the the aha moment for me was uh, one of my friends was a, a division one volleyball player. Uh, she was very high level, and to this day had the highest variability I've had with anybody, um, you know, very, very high level athlete. And we're monitoring, monitoring, and we, we started work really early at six o'clock in the morning and, and she came in and goes, Greg, my heart variability dropped, you know, pretty much lowest it's ever been by a lot. And I uh, go, you know, okay, like, I didn't know what that meant. I'm like, you know, what did you, did you exercise hard the day before? And you know, nothing's really different and everything. And I like, okay. And, uh, so I was at six in the morning and at 12 o'clock, she was so sick that she had to go home, uh, from work. And I was like, (laughs) this predicted her sickness before she even knew that she was sick. Right. Nothing changed from diet. Nothing changed from, um, exercise. Sleep was fine. This, this pretty much predicted that she was going to be sick before she knew it. So at that moment, I'm like, okay, like this has a much more powerful application than what we're using it for right now what it's being publicized as so i started looking more and more from a health perspective as to okay you know what else does this influence like what is this really measuring and what is controlled by it so as we dig deep i I see all the medical even more medical research of understanding of you know metabolic syndrome and inflammation and uh we're talking about you know anxiety and depression from a mental standpoint and hydration and uh, dietary with the omega threes and how that affects heart rate variability and the mechanisms behind that. So I see all these influencers of heart rate variability and and it got me thinking. Okay, well, no one's really looking at it this way. We're not really looking at it from a health perspective. We're looking at more of a you know a purely athletic, and that's what's being marketed as. Mm-hmm. So when I started kind of formulating this, this is how I got in touch with Fit to Train, uh, which uh, runs. Um, uh, went space out of Copenhagen Healthcare Company. And uh, their founders is Bernard Auerbach, and he's one of the um, main uh, lecturers and teachers of the FMS system through SFMA and FMS. He does a lot of lecturing from that. And he's heard about heart rate Variability and, and knew it was out there, but didn't know it was this accessible at this point. So we started talking, sitting down, and he goes, From a stress standpoint, he's like, I have the perfect clientele for you, right? Uh, he deals with the the cases of no one knows what's going on someone has backed me for 20 years and they've seen everybody under the sun and there's still no no issues and he gets numbers he likes his metrics he same thing as me so we started to team up and, and putting a bunch of his clients uh, and the clients uh, within fit the train on harvey variability to see where they're at and what treatment does to them and we have and uh, we've talked about some of the stories that i have we have some uh, unbelievable caseload of people and unbelievable stories that have done this uh, and we've seen you know positives and negative results and and what it all means it, it's it make it's a good way to look at the whole big picture you know and um, so, so I'm, I'm yeah
1: I'm yeah I'm, I'm excited to cover some of those stories because I, I got a little bit of a preview of them uh, prior to this but so it sounds like you uh, it's just like you said a lot of times heart rate variability and a lot of these other metrics are looked at from an exercise perspective it's usually like uh top athletes or sports teams that are interested in tracking this to optimize their performance but um as with many things there's kind of a holistic view that sometimes gets missed and so you're you're finding even more interesting information on the health side looking at the whole picture and it kind of helped you come up with a checklist right that i think we we had or you had mentioned to me uh, so could you tell me a little bit about what your checklist is and how how does that relate to what all of you just said
0: oh absolutely yeah so when we looked at the when i started looking at the research more and more and kind of from a health perspective what heart rate variability can affect um i uh, we work with the system so fms and sfma are systems and you, you follow through certain paths so with the movements of say, we'll do multi-segmental flexion. So people have to go down and touch their toes. Now there's certain criteria within that that we look for and we break out that pattern and see if that's the worst pattern, right? So you either pass or fail a certain pattern. And then we look and say, okay, this one's the worst one or this one's the worst one. And we address the issues that come with it. So we kind of look for the elephant in the room and that's how this kind of was designed is to say, let's look at globally. Let's look at all the big things from here, from these different areas. And then say, okay, do you understand how this is the biggest factor for you? And we attack that. So uh, I've broken it down into um, multiple different uh, areas. When we look at health overall, you know, we look at susceptibility to, you know, family history of metabolic syndrome or type 2 diabetes or cardiovascular disease, which we know from an inflammatory marker is, you know, this is this is why these are chronic diseases that develop over time and inflammation influences disease. Um, We look at nutrition, you know, look at the quantity and quality of foods, how much water do you get, what supplements do you take, right? We look at sleep, you know, you know, do you sleep late at night, do you sleep really early, how's your quality, do you wake up lots? Um, We look at uh, lifestyle choices, have they had a history of drug abuse or alcoholism, right? Um, People that we have are are to a point where they're literally going to tell you everything because they're at that point of, of rock bottom, so we get pretty open and honest people. So a lot of people are very honest about death.
1: And so yeah. the, real quick are those people yeah. every, from all broad spectrum um, every background? Yeah
0: we have bus drivers, we have lawyers, we have doctors uh, we have uh, professional athletes um, yeah we have housewives we have all sorts of walks of life that, that come in and when you you have the uh, um, you know, physical therapy you can only do so much. Right. And we, and we realize this is there's so many uh, other external factors. And that's the kind of approach that we're looking at is that saying, OK, 10 percent of the work is done in the clinic. 90 percent of it is done by you, whether it's, you know, it, it's rare for the clinicians uh, that, that fit the train to see a person more than once a week. Right. It's once every two weeks because a lot of the stuff that they do from the, they they spend their time they do the therapy, they get everything they can and they go out and then you got to do your part. Right, you got to do the exercises, you got to do this and come back in because it takes time for these changes. And the same thing approach with me, you know, we look at the, the big changes. And then the last one was the emotional. A lot of these people have, uh, I couldn't tell you how many times uh, I've had these checklists, or we call them, uh, you know, heartbeat variability consult- consultations, um, where people have, have been crying. Like it's, you know, you get to that point where it's, there's so much emotional type stress and, and anxiety and depression about what's going on that this is something that. I don't deal with, but mm-hmm. I know people that I can refer out to. I know we get a great, great referral system from this checklist, and it's really opened um, our eyes as, as clinicians to saying, "Okay, why aren't their pain? Why isn't their pain going away?" Well, you know, mm-hmm. they they you know are always fighting with their their spouse. You know, they're they're having you know trouble with their in laws. I mean, there's so many other things. There's we had one lady that had uh, three close personal friends die within three weeks. Wow, you look at that and it's like how much an impact that? yeah, of course, stuff's gonna come back up and and be worse than usual, right? things that weren't uh, painful before all of a sudden become painful so um, we deal with a, a pretty dense and uh, complicated caseload, and this gives one kind of window uh, of opportunity for us to be able to attack uh, and help them from a lifestyle perspective
1: so that's pretty powerful, I mean. Uh, especially when you look at the exercise crowd like things like emotion and uh, relationships and stresses of life don't often aren't often considered um, so could those even affect performance of healthy people
0: oh yeah no when, when we look at um, I, I mean the biggest thing that we deal with is, is pain and then we try to you know get people out of pain and, and movement patterns. And we see it all the time and and, and you look at any kind of osteop- uh, osteopath textbook uh, and you look at the connection of motor learning and inflammation or pain and it is severely correlated. So people that have, which we've seen, people that have higher variability get better faster because their ability, their body has the ability to adapt to the stresses that we're going to put on it, right? So, um, and we've seen uh, typically the, the tougher clients, the people that have, have the lower variability because they just take longer to get better and and people that have higher variability Seem to get better quicker than usual and evident of of many people that we've had
1: so what's an example of of one of your uh, Lower-end heart heart rate variability cases that you've seen in your experience.
0: Yeah, I, well as we talked about I have a lot um, <laughs> But I'll, I'll, I'll kind of uh, tackle a few that I, I found uh, to be really um, just eye opening, and, and the first one is we'll talk about is that uh, a pilot that uh, that we're dealing with. He um, contacted us because he heard uh, that we do heart rate variability uh, testing. Um, he was actually going to fly to London just to get a heart rate variability analysis done oh, wow. and then fly back. Just get it done. Get wow. this and, and he sent me the, the report and he's like, can you do this? And I looked at it and I'm like, yeah, we can do it. So uh, we did the report and, and we set it off and when we got the talking and the reason why he was doing this is that he's got uh, aerotoxic syndrome, which it's not recognized as, uh, as a disease, but there's a whole body of literature and he has a 150 page case study about himself and all the tests that he's done uh, around the world. He's seen who's who of everybody from toxicologists to get his mitochondrial uh, mitochondria tested in regards to its efficiency. Uh wow. They have this lab over in the UK that does it and I mean seeing the, the top people in the world and getting these reports back uh, He was telling me that from one of the neurologists. They went to go see that um, Based on his myelination of his cells uh, That he should be in late-stage Parkinson's and he has no idea why he's actually walking right now Right. Uh. So, what he's doing and how we got him uh, uh, at this point is he's going around the world to do various treatments, and um, uh, and he doesn't he he doesn't really have a marker to know that if this body's getting better or not. So, I talked to him like, do you understand how we can do heart rate variability every single day, right? Not just every once every three months. What this protocol is doing, mm-hmm. we can do it every day, and we can monitor it over time. You can make notes. I can keep track. And he's like, perfect. So what he started to do is he's been taking it every single day for, for what, probably nine, about nine months now. And he's basing whether to continue to work with therapies or not based on how his heart rate variability is going. And he's actually right now in, in, in Mexico going down to get a treatment that he knew benefited him from an HRV perspective. So his HRV severely increased uh like his numbers are uh very very low uh the lowest i've seen in regards to average okay. and when he does this treatment he's actually kind of in the normal range he's in a normal human range of regards to to heartbeat variability so he knows these these treatments that he does works i mean they're very physically demanding i can't really get into too much of what he's doing but um uh yeah they're very kind of flushing out everything from a toxic standpoint and uh, he sees the benefits of this treatment, and he's done other ones that actually decreases heart rate variability. He's like, mm, I didn't feel well, my heart variability said it, I don't feel better, I'm not doing it. So wow. we're, we're monitoring him now, and he does it every single day, And he, since he doesn't have internet down there, he emails me his, his, uh, his, email me his daily readings, so uh, <laughs> I, can, I can import them and, and uh, see what they are. So that, from a standpoint of, of health, from an autonomic nervous system, you know how the functions is, is a great way for us to, to monitor him and, and see you know it's 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 very um I see that how powerful this tool is with, with this that, that kind of story it's it's unbelievable
1: like you said when you have folks that are from are at kind of the end of their rope and they're willing to try anything to and they've got almost no other options that, those are uh, it's often a terrible story, but it's often a, a great opportunity to learn something And so it's amazing that he's also got the flexibility to fly around the world and try different treatments, so oh, yeah uh,
0: <laughs> No, so that's I mean that's a, a great story that we we have and continue to, to, to monitor on a daily basis And, and my other favorite story is, is a client that we worked with early on uh, when we started developing this again about probably about eight nine months ago where she came in and was a kind of a highly competitive swimmer, probably in her, her uh, uh, early 30s and uh, was having severe, severe back pain. So everyone under the sun and, and wasn't going on and, and uh, nothing was working. And You know, she's got bulge, uh, L405, l one. like there's, it's a lot of stuff going on there. Um, from a movement standpoint, we're getting better. and But um, she had a lot of uh, emotional issues and still does uh, from a depression and anxiety standpoint. Um, and it really, uh, there's a lot of, uh, relapse that she had in, into those things and very, uh, negative thoughts of, oh, I want to do this. You guys are the best, but I don't know if I'm going to better. I don't know if this is going to happen. I don't know if I'm ever going to swim again. I don't know if I can ever do open water swim or, you know, she's very, um, uh, pessimistic. Like, you know, she didn't think she was going to get better. As we got her on Harvey barrier we were start tracking her and, and we did the uh, I did the checklist with her, and by far her her family history was great, her diet was great, her blood work was immaculate, um, sleep was disturbed only because of the pain in the back, um, lifestyle was was perfect, and the biggest thing from her was the emotional right. You can just tell, you know, one of those people that came in was crying by the end of it, of saying, I don't, I I can't live like this, I can't be in this much pain. Um, and, and a lot of from, from that side and, and we started working with her and came, you know what do you want to do what's your goal like we can see that she can get better and she was getting her moving was getting perfect but her pain wasn't really changing and so what we did is we set a goal and uh, we set the goal I think it was in March somewhere around that time to do a 1500 meter open water swim and to her it was kind of like it, within within six months. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, my God, I don't know if I can do this. Like, this is crazy. Like, <laughs> let's set a goal and just work towards it. And what we did is that from that point on, every single day, she had to write down and send to us five things that she appreciates about her life. Right? So just getting to her to feel like understanding what's important to her, sending a goal and I'm trying to make her achieve it. She achieved the goal two months faster than we originally anticipated and set the goal for her. And her heart rate variability went up um about 15, 20 points wow. on average. And she's been uh, stellar ever since. All of a sudden, when she did open water open water swim, all of a sudden her it changed in her head of the whole, I can get better. I'm achieving these goals faster and going up. And we're seeing and when I talked to her about this, she's like, I use HRV as my emotional map. I know if I have a lower variability day, I have I have susceptibility to depressive and anxiety type thoughts, right? So it's a negative, negative day. So I know when I have a lower variability day in the morning, I have to do certain things. I prepare myself that I'm going to have an you know, anxiety attack or these kind of thoughts. So I got to prepare myself to get me in a positive mindset for the day. So she goes in and she keeps on track. So we track her, right? And we have, she works with three of us. and. All three of us are monitoring every single day. we see her in a low day, it's like, hey, what's going on? Everything okay? You know, come we're here if you need us. And that support system has, has made her to the point where her pain's finally starting to decrease in her head. And and we know pain is a subjective value and and uh, it's really hard to kind of understand pain from an individual level and and how we do things with our mind, but it's been uh, a great journey for her. And ever since then, her, her variability has never been higher. And uh, she keeps improving. And her changes are starting to happen quicker and quicker. And rehabilitation is now going through. The, and she says, "Like I owe everything to, to you guys. And what you've done from a holistic standpoint, because everyone goes, from our from our field, goes, oh, pain's in your back. Here's this, is this, this. See you next week. Or see you in two days. Or see you later. Wow. We're, we spend one-on-one. Uh, with client for at least an hour, at least. And the first one is just the assessment the first hour and we get through everything. And a lot of this uh, HRV stuff has, has propped up into everybody's checklist now because they know how powerful this is and how different areas that come in, but not actually spends an hour and a half minimum with the first initial session. And just assessment he barely does any treatment right it's all it's literally just this checklist and everything surgeries and family and movement and Eddie. he gets so much information and to the point where treatments easy right That's, a, that. that's amazing. Done so much
1: yeah I mean it's almost like listening to that so uh, we're talking uh, back pain and swimming performance and and then in this in as part of the treatment you have uh identifying things that you're grateful for on a daily basis and and being able to correlate that to increases in health and performance is is just absolutely fantastic but it's almost like if you if you have a short where they just come in and you ask them what's wrong with you and then you have a prescription um you can't dig deep enough to find that type of information to to come up with something like uh, gratefulness correlated with back pain and, uh, you know, I mean, you have to spend uh, a lot of time. It sounds like at least,
0: <laughs> well, that's the thing. This, this didn't come, you know, she didn't walk in and be like, Oh, I'm impressed and, and, I have anxiety. And this is why I have these issues, right? If we just did the assessment and we see certain things a bulging disc. okay, got relief, some attention, attention and everything where we don't know where all this is falling up and coming from, like, what's the big elephant in the room? And it, it took time for her and a lot of meetings and, and emailing back and forth and, um, you know, try this, try that, you know, how are you doing, how are you doing this, and building that rapport with somebody. And we got to that point. And then all these things, now when she comes in, she, she feels comfortable here. Like she comes in, she can tell us literally anything. You know, I talk on the phone, she tells me whatever, uh, you know, anything that's on her mind or how she's feeling. And... Um, I mean that takes time. It doesn't take twenty minutes, uh, you know, once a week to, see, to to get this. It really takes a significant amount of time to be able to build, and and you got to spend time. And this is why this you know fits train and in Coleman Healthcare, that's why they created because in Canada, you spend 15, 10 minutes with with a physician, or right. uh, you have twenty minutes with with a physiotherapist or or uh, a physical therapist, where. These people, they pay a yearly fee to come here, but you get minimum an half an hour with every doctor. And then once a year, you come in for a prevention screen, which you get an hour with the doctor. Right?
1: That's amazing, yeah.
0: There's so much that can come from that. And, and you see the preventative measures uh, and the success that these people have. And this type of system is only growing. Because um, I, I went to a doctor's office in, here, and it said two question maximum. <laughs> <I'm> like <laughs> like really like that's that's how it, it's what it's was come to
1: now a quick word about our sponsor hrvcourse.com if you're looking to take your usage of heart rate variability to the next level Check out the educational video courses over at hrvcourse.com. I'm one of the contributing instructors, and so are some of the experts you've heard on this podcast. Don't forget, listeners of this podcast get a 10% discount on your first course using discount code ELITE PODCAST. Courses are only open for enrollment at certain times of the year, so check it out today at hrvcourse.com.
0: You know, if someone has a low heart rate variability... You know, it's not due to the exercise the day before. There's, it's only the tip of the iceberg of what it could be, right? There's so many other things that could be a factor. You know, the people that go into – and I haven't looked at some of the stuff, but, like, it'd be interesting from a sports performance perspective, put people that are in, you know, baseball, that someone's in a slump, someone can't hit, put them a heart rate variability see what is that. You know, yeah. I, I want to see these anxiety and these things, these players that all of a sudden hit these mental blocks and can't win anymore. Like, I want to see what happens to them when they – have the the day of their matches as compared to when they're winning all the time. You know, I want to see, I mean, it's, I know it's not a predictive performance, but it's that readiness to be able to perform, Mm -hmm. you know, at at the high level. Um, There's there's so many factors that can come into it. And and I think we're only scratching the surface of the potential of this. And, and uh, I think the sports performance side of it is, is doing great with theirs, but I think we got a more on our side from the health perspective is, is up our game and and, uh, get more information from that.
1: Yeah and I always see like kind of the way I've uh, my research has led me to believe at least that a lot of the discoveries like let's say heart rate variability for example started in the medical space um, in hospitals and things like that and then it was really picked up by sports performance which uh, a lot of discoveries end up that way it's like it was discovered in the medical field it was picked up and then popularized by sports performance people, and then the general population discovered that that thing can actually help us be healthier, be happier, and and optimize our recreational performance and things like that. And then, But it kind of takes that sports side to make it sexy or cool. Or
0: <laughs> oh, completely. No, I understand it. I went to a great lecture at the Canadian Society of Exercise Physiologists where they talk about you know, there's things in the clinical field that can work in, in performance, there's things in the performance field that can work in the clinic. You know, and you look at the, the connections the two between the two, and one example they gave was, was um, people with multiple sclerosis. Um, they had, uh, in people, um, volleyball players, when there was an athlete in 2008, it was so hot that they designed these cooling suits for the athletes, so when they, between sets, they put these cooling suits on and cool their body temperature down, okay. right? And then from the clinical side, they're like, okay, well, what's a population that when it's something gets hot, it's it's negative in regards to health? And people with multiple sclerosis, right? When when they exercise, their their reading, perceived exertion or uh, their you know their side effects from from everything that they they get, exacerbate they, they increase. So what they did is they put these these people um, they put these cooling suits on people with multiple sclerosis and go and exercise the same intensity, where their reading, perceived desertion was lower than. Uh, than there was before, right? Oh, Just by having wow. right? So they are able to exercise and get the health benefits, without you know having the side effects, the negative side effects of, of everything that comes with multiple sclerosis. So, um, that very cool things that uh, that come from both sides, and and, and that's why I, I, I think heart variability in our sense, we're getting more and more of the doctors here to understand that the potential tools of it, and getting more and more referrals of, of people. Um, that necessarily I haven't uh, dealt with or haven't looked up too much about, um, like first, like concussion management, like, is there any correlation between that? So i have like personal case study with the guy, looking at concussions and see if there's, you know, how he works with everything. People with weight loss, struggling with weight loss, you know, um, it, we got people to increase the variability and all of a sudden they lose five pounds, right? It's, it's <laughs> right. You get these stories of, of, uh, uh, all sorts of crazy things. I, I had a lady actually the other day came in and. Uh, they go, Oh, she's super fatigued, her heart rate variability must be low. And uh, okay, I'm okay. Well, like when you when are you fatigued most? It's like, oh after exercise, I'm super tired that you know, hours after and days after I, I don't know why. And uh, I go, Okay, and then break down the checklist and talk about health, health history is fine, but it works, looks good. Talk about her diet and he goes, Okay, well what's your diet on a typical day that you exercise hard? Uh yeah, usually you know, I exercise uh, really hard in the first thing in the morning and then I go and probably have a bull Cheerios and, and then uh, you know, I have have nothing probably at lunch. I usually skip lunch and then just eat dinner. Okay. Now, like you understand, you're exercising hard and not ingesting the amount of calories that you need in order to recover, repair, and recover. Right. Like, like oh, oh yeah, yeah, okay. Like what should I have? And like just basic nutritional things. That I understand? <laughs> and then she's been doing it the last couple of days. And she's like, I noticed a huge difference. And it's sometimes it's as simple as that, saying like okay. And sometimes it's as complicated as emotions or uh, there's many, many layers that you got to get through.
1: Yeah. And I, the neat thing to me too, is that uh, just listening to what you're saying is that since you have kind of a, a regular pulse on what's going on, that it allows you to experiment a little bit because I think a lot of people are wanting to be told, well, here's the silver bullet or whatever the, the phrase is that will fix anything that you've got going on. But that's, the industry and everybody I think is starting to realize that there is no one fix for every issue but if you're starting to track a few things uh, over time you can experiment or, or your practitioner or your coach or somebody can help you experiment and just see what it is what it is that is either dragging you down or you know is that is that kind of what you're Oh, 100%. See?
0: And that's the thing is when I make changes, it's not like here's a brand new meal plan, here's a brand new exercise plan, you know, here's go see a psychologist and here it goes to this. It's like let's attack one of the big problems and see how it affects, right? If it is a dietary thing, just change that. Don't do anything else, you know, mm-hmm. and see how the heartbeat variability reacts. And one of the best things that we do um, from a rehabilitation standpoint with Fit to Train is that we we know now how much we can push somebody with their exercise plan. Right, okay. we where they're in pain and, and there's a lot of inflammation in the body and everything's going on. We can look and give them the exercise plan of what to do, the rehabilitation exercises they need to do at home. Right, all of a sudden the heart rate variability drops like crazy. Nothing else changed. We're giving them too much. Right, right. We're, it's too it's too much to them right now. So we got to take it back, okay. And we got this live rather than hearing about it two weeks later, saying, "Oh, actually, I feel worse." Like, up, uh, we can see it day to day. Like, you see, oh my gosh, like. You know, why, why are you feeling this way? You're tired, you're sick, like what's going on? So we can see from that perspective. And all of a sudden, if their heart variability is not changing, we gotta create adaptation, we gotta create some change. So we gotta see that some sort of fluctuation, whatever it may be from from a rehab, if that's the biggest issue, right? right. Um, and that's the thing is, yeah, just like you said, just let's pick something, let's see if it works. And, because I don't know everything, you don't know everything, right? right we don't know the per there's no perfect way for everything you know and we you said we get in this our field especially we get into this oh this is how i lost weight this is how everyone loses weight right (laughs) and it's not it's not at all the the way it's going to be it's not the case uh, for everybody i mean there's you can create the same change in two different people and two different things happen one person can gain weight rather than lose weight um it's all individual and you gotta make these small little changes uh and see you know one do the numbers that you want to change change and how is the Harvey variability doing?
1: So is this, I have one one more kind of uh, serious question or so before we wrap up and it sounds like I think we're gonna have to have a round two sometime because we, uh, <laughs> there's so many questions I have now for yeah. you. Um, but does it help when people come in and are are people kind of resistant to thinking that diet or emotion or or any of those have anything to do with the problem that they that they have and does does having so that's kind of one side of the question and the other side is does having data help convince some of those people that it's related.
0: Oh completely. Yeah, no, it, it's a it's a good eye opener when people understand what this measures and what it looks at. It's a good of like saying like, you know, your, your score shouldn't be this low like this is this is average. Here's where you are. Right. And It's like, oh. Okay, well, why is it like that? And and, and uh, that's one of the biggest questions of saying, like, okay, well, if I change my diet, will it get better? I don't know. You know, I, I, we got to see. Like, we got to figure out what the biggest cause. We you change your diet, and nothing happens. Because so they want to lose weight. They want to change your diet um, and they don't lose weight. Okay, well, whatever I did was wrong. Change like. diet you know, change your diet, they lose weight, the heartbeat variability stays the same. Okay, well, maybe that's not the biggest issue. You know, taking weight off is going to help you from an overall health perspective, you know, just make things a little bit easier from pain and management. Okay, well, let's we'll look what else there is. And there are people that are, I mean, just like everything that we have, people are skeptical. People are skeptical of medications. People are skeptical of exercise plans. People are skeptical of, of whatever it may be. And, and uh, I think pe- the biggest thing is, you is, uh, um some people are a bit hesitant in knowing that we know what their heart rate variability is, right? That uh, it's yeah, it's that kind of like I don't know, really, I don't know if I really want you to see it every single day. Um, <laughs> and, but those are the people that you see that come in and out with if they're in pain, they go in and out of pain, or you know they have something wrong and they only come in, you know, only when there's a problem. Right, but there's so many other issues that that uh, can go wrong because the people that are dedicated and want to get better and want to get healthier, it's easy. It's like, oh my gosh, this this is what it measures. I want it. Like you gotta put me on it. Like this is I gotta know where I'm at. And uh, and uh, sometimes we don't. Funny enough, we don't give people an option. It's it's you need to be on this, and we have to track you because this is how you're gonna get better. So um, it's awesome. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a balancing act. I know with uh, being a coach in the past and just doing a lot of research and talking to people with health practices is that um, coaches and uh, doctors and everybody uh, ends up being like a psychologist or something. It's like, you know, how (laughs) how do you convince somebody to do something that's good for them (laughs) when they don't want to do it? But um, that's another thing too that's interesting is we – uh, I've talked to people who are measuring from an exercise point of view and they may exercise twice a week or something like that. And they only want to m- take measurements on the days that they're exercising, but uh, they're, I try to convince them that they're kind of missing a little bit by doing that. And it's kind of a good example um, when you mentioned that uh, the, the gal was able to see before she was sick, uh, before, you know, before she even really knew anything was wrong but since she was taking measurements she was able to kind of see that ahead of time and then maybe that'll give her a cue to look for next time
0: oh well, absolutely yeah and, and i think the uh, another good example that i have is that a young kid that i worked with and from a um from a uh, health perspective he had a lot of rehab he got a lot of uh, osteopathy a work type done and he wasn't really getting better he still had some gut um, uh, gi issues and so uh, from a perspective of rule and everything, it's like, you know what, the one thing that's that's missing with people is their physical activity. You know, that's another thing we looked at, obviously. Uh, it's like, let's just get him active and see what happens. And my gosh, did his symptoms go away, right? And the thing is, oh. is that he goes, perfect, the you know, symptoms are away, and he gets right back on to eating crappy again. But we hold him accountable taking every single day because we, we can tell when he eats crappy. we can tell stuff that goes on. And he's come in here with, I uh, you know, we have like a movement session or a training session, and his heart rate variability is low and he's like, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to do this. I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna give you half of what I was gonna give you and we'll see what happens. And I give him half the intensity and he's like, this is the hardest workout I've ever had, right? And it's, <laughs> he just, he does gas and, and people have that. And, and you know, we, me and Benon, we talk about it all the time, is we wake up, sometimes you feel crappy and your heart rate variability is good. It's like, you know what, today is a good day to work out and you feel better. And then you have days where your heart rate variability is low and you, but you feel awake and you try to get a tough workout in it and it's just not the same. You know, um, it's, it's a I tell you, from a stress standpoint, there's there's so many things that influence it, but I tell you, it's it's going to be the future, and it's going to be like a mainstay in a lot of uh, performance and, and health clinics for, for a very long time.
1: Yes, like you said, it's just a drop in the bucket of what we can discover with not only heart rate variability, but just um, asking a wide variety of questions and, and having a checklist that looks at, like you said, all aspects of health and I like to think of uh, health and performance kind of as one thing, And whether you're an elite athlete or just somebody who is struggling to play with their grandchildren or something like that. You're, everybody's looking to perform better. And there's so many aspects of health that affect performance, whether you're a top athlete. It's in the, or
0: it's in the name of the company, Health of G Tech Health and Performance. I, I, it I, is. I'm with you on this one. No, I, <laughs> I, you see the link all the time. and. And to me, like we deal with the clientele, it's, 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 why are you exercising? You know, what's the point to live longer and have a better quality of life? It's a health reason why they're exercising, you know, and and that's pretty much what we're doing and the reason why people do it. So we got to look at health in in regards to performance too, you know, because there's so interlinked and this is, yeah, right now the best measure I think that's out there to link both those together.
1: And that wraps up the initial interview with Greg Elliott. FYI, due to the expertise that he's continued to build over the last several years in the clinical application of HRV, Greg is actually now an instructor over on hrvcourse.com. Um, and so the links and notes to everything we've discussed in this episode are easily found at EliteHRV.com podcast and replays, questions, a transcript, and Greg's contact info will all be posted there as well. Um, This episode really paves the way for a series of great experts that are going to go deeper and deeper into HRV and other biomarkers of health and performance, so definitely check out the episodes to come, and one way you can help us out tremendously is to stick a short review over on iTunes, even if you listen on another app. I personally read every review and they help attract more experts to the show to share their knowledge with us. So if you need help finding that, just hit up EliteHRV.com slash iTunes or search Elite HRV on the iTunes podcast directory and that'll take you there. A big thank you from the Elite HRV team. This is Jason Moore signing out.
0: by HRVCourse.com. Truly understand the science and mechanisms behind heart rate variability and how to apply them towards your goals. Use discount code ELITEPODCAST for 10% off your first HRV course. That's all one word, ELITEPODCAST. Visit HRVCourse.com to get access today.